the Gossip Brew Show! Yeah. Ooh. What's up, Brother Cause? That's some good singing over there. That's right. We missed, a, we missed what, two weeks or one week? Two, one, no, just one week. We're, we're, we're just, doing good. Yeah. Missed one week, so I thought I'd throw a little little melody in there. I wanted to have a little, uh, get a little soul with that gear, so... Yeah, I, I guess what the listeners don't lo- don't know is that we're going to do this entire episode a cappella. Ooh, the whole thing. The whole thing. No, yes. no, we're we're gonna we're gonna not do that because I don't think I can hold a tune right now, nor yeah. uh, would I want to blister your guys' ears. That's but, right. But we do have tons of NBA playoffs to talk about. It's been, like you said, a week. We've had some major developments go down that are basically old news that we don't need to get into um, until later. I do want to talk with you about the Phoenix Suns. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> if I don't say so myself, I might have lost a little bit of, of, of cash on, yeah. on the transaction there. But um, you that, weren't alone, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and all in all, still doing pretty good. I, I feel great about the betting this uh, the, during these playoffs. Uh, uh, about 60%, 66% win rate. But those Suns, they definitely chipped away at my number, and uh, I am sad, as, as are the Phoenix fans. And it was such a surprising thing, and we're not going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it later. But um, we are now dealing with the offshoot of that, which is that the, the Warriors and the Mavericks are not a very compelling series, in my opinion. Um, and on the other side of the bracket, I haven't found that series, the Heat and the Celtics, to be all that compelling. But here we are. <laughs> An exciting <laughs> intro to the show. Ant- anti-compelling fest 2022 conference playoffs. You know, and, and actually, somebody who I really like listening to a lot, Tim Legler, yeah. um, he was saying the same thing last night. And it, I think it's largely due to the fact that I guess overall people are like the blowouts suck and the other people will want to blame the three point shot. And, but for me, and I think this happened last series as well with the Celtics is like, you just don't know which team is going to show up or what they're going to do. You know, like it, there's a best odds strategy for the teams. Um, typically this is more on like the heat side, but they just mm-hmm. like change what their strategy should be to something dumb. And then maybe the next game they'll play good, smart basketball. But you just don't know what you're going to get from night to night. And that's what he was saying. Uh, I don't know, but we are set up for a most excellent NBA Finals if things sort of hold true to form. Right now the Warriors have another opportunity to end this one here tonight. And then um, Boston heads back for game six with the 3-2 lead. So, um what what did you think? Let's let, since we got the Warriors, let's let's just start there. We'll, we talk about the series as a whole. But what did you think about the end of that game um, when this, like this Kerr last game? In, yeah, Kerr brought in the bench and they made that huge run. Oh, I was definitely team let him ride and like I thought that. Well, one first thing I thought, uh, I think Jason Kidd's has done an amazing job in the playoffs, and I think. Uh, but but I, I thought that he held those the starters out way too long. You know, once the Warriors got it to like 16, the writing was on the wall that this was that they were coming. But I think because it was the bench, he kind of let his bench stay out there way too long without Luca and anybody out there. And then and then they started. So they made that huge run. And 
there was a timeout and he brought back uh, Steph. I think just Steph. It was just Steph, yeah. And he immediately took like a horrible shot, had a defensive lapse, and it was like, I personally, and not to say obviously they didn't, not the sole reason they lost the game, but I thought that that was a big momentum killer. I thought if anything, if you're going to bring him back, you bring him back. I thought they should have brought him back later and like almost like last couple possessions. And it's almost just as a decoy because he affects the game so much without the ball. But for him to like get the ball and be dumb, I mean, he was sitting over there for a long time, had no intention of being back in that game. It, it was I, I was watching that game and as somebody that had um the Warriors um as a play, I, I, I was thinking, hey guys, like put them put the put your starters back in at like the seven or six minute mark. Like the, the it was a classic bench, you know, these guys are just gonna you know, everybody's going to let their hair down and, and, and this game is going to get close again. And you could see that happening from the outset. And then it happened. And I was laughing because like NBA coaches do the let the bench play it out almost all the time. And I always think to myself, I if I had like a gun to my head and we had to win this game, no matter what, I would be putting the starters back in at that point in time. And knowing that these are the best players in the NBA, you know, and, and wanting them to get another shot at, at, at redemption. The other method would be to do what they did, which is to let it go. And, and the other team, like you said, doesn't bring their starters back in. They just let this sort of play out. And then to your point, exactly what you said happened, happened. And it, it was just very deflating and it was at the wrong time. And Steph definitely should have been used. If you're going to go that route where you don't, put everybody back in like yeah, yeah. use him as a decoy and then let Nemanja yeah. be elite to score you know right and yeah. I just thought Kerr yeah. I thought Kerr let go of the rope there and and honestly and we haven't mentioned this I wasn't planning on mention the, mentioning this but you know the, the the events of earlier in the day I mean if you're Steve Kerr and you've lost your father that way you yeah. know to gun yeah. violence and you've become a kind of a spokesperson for what right. what needs to happen I wouldn't be surprised if they were all scrambled up and it felt like that entire game and being in Texas. Yeah. And then there was water dripping from the top of the sky. You yeah. Know, it, it, there was a lot that just made that game feel like a throwaway game. And I thought, co- I thought Kerr coached it as a throwaway game in many respects. Yeah. I thought also in that run, they, you know, Kaminga got a bad foul. And, they, and I think that's who Steph came in for. But Kaminga was... If they're gonna, whenever they're gonna go small, you, you gotta have Draymond or Kaminga out there because they're really the only people that can defend on the perimeter and still affect the sh- affect you know shots in the paint. And I thought if they were gonna bring back Steph, I thought they should have brought him back for Bielitsa because he really wasn't doing anything um, <laughs> during that run. He he like moved the ball or I think he took a shot or two maybe, but he recognized that. You know, he missed them both, and he, he recognized that, and I thought he was doing a good job moving. But I really thought that what was really throwing him off was their activity in that 3-2 zone, which really the starters hadn't really done. And I think – and then they also brought it – they also took – then they came back and they took out Damian Lee, who – or Damian Lee or Moody. They are playing really well, and it was like, 
to me, those are the kind of things that like could, could get could piss off bench guys. You know, like with all due respect, Clay and Steph stunk up the joint, and it's not the first bad game that they've had. So like taking them out just for the sake, like you said, they didn't do it. They didn't put them in early enough. That they, they, you know, this is, we're talking like four minutes now. You know, three for like Clay. And I just thought it was just a really mismatch. Those those situations where the, the you know the bench is going to make they, they're they're I don't think that there's a, a a set philosophy. I think you have to read the game. And I think this game was clear that the starters were not going to get it done. So that is me, fair. And as, as they were going to get it done, as you know, somebody they, who's they who's rooting for them to put the starters back in, they. I mean, Clay had some moments on offense, but let, let, let's kind of zoom out a second here and, and with this series, because it's 3-1. I don't think anybody gives the, the Mavs a chance, but we'll see. You know, yeah. um, this next series is the one that I'm so excited about, because if it is Boston, I just think it's a great series that yeah. we're, we're, we're looking at. And so let's pick a little bit at Golden State here. Um, a second ago, they looked indestructible and, and blah, blah, blah. But and, and one loss doesn't change that. But there's some things like Clay. For example, I, th- I feel like he's really pressing offensively and then defensively, whether it's due to just being back, you know, now after so long off, he's yeah. start he's missing plays. And yeah. um, then I wonder how much of that has to do with Andrew Wiggins stepping into a really important scoring role and, and getting access to the ball a little bit more easily. Yeah. Um, you know how much that stuff's working. And then Draymond's got some issues. You know, there, there are some ways to beat Golden State. They're almost classic at this point um, that I wonder about as I watch these guys. Clay seems to have bubbled to the top of my list as, as like, OK, what if he's not playing well on defense and not getting shots? Is the gravity alone from him being out there enough to justify him being out there as much? And are there any like deficiencies that are going to get exploited because he's on the floor, not doing much on offense and then maybe getting beat on defense a little bit more normal? Sort of. I I think that the, the things I think that the clear clay is not clay are exasperated when they are not running their offense right now. So clay is not shooting like he normally does. He's not scoring like he know, normally does. And defensively, I mean, that, that's something that everyone seems to gloss over. And I think, you know, especially when, you know, we had that, that top 75 list. He's a lock. He was a lockdown defender, you know. And that is clearly not. Now, I don't know, I don't know if it's over over because, you know, this is still a long season, which he just got back after two years and, I don't. I don't think the uh, days of him being a good defender are gone. But I think the whole idea of him pressing and stuff is more exasperated in these long stretches that this team has when they're not running their offense. And you know, if you think about when they're at their best, think about how many times Clay gets backdoor, uh, easy backdoor baskets. Think of how many times he gets the ball, you know, at eight feet against a littler guy and gets the post up. So I think when 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 they're just kind of playing this kind of um, one on one type of ball, then the fact that Clay isn't Clay really stands out. 
So I, I think that the, the idea of them getting back and just really whipping that ball around is really what's going to help him because that's when he gets lost. That's when his threes are way more open because everybody's moving, everybody's cutting, and the defense eventually will make a mistake and leave him wide open. Um, I think that's what's going to help his game more than anything. Where do you think the offense gets off the rails for the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, you know, Poole's been pretty bad in this series, I think, Um, as far as, like, too much ball handling. I think that... um, where are you on? Where are you at with Dre? I think he he needs the ball. I think a lot more, but I think I feel like he's trying to direct traffic a little too much sometimes. When they get when they get off the rails, he starts to hold on to the ball, and he's not even really looking at the rim at times. <laughs> so you basically you got him maybe at the top of the key. And he's like, the defender is all the way back down at the, you know, just outside the free throw line because they don't want to get illegal. And he's he's not even looking at the rim sometimes. He's not driving. He's not. He's just standing out there directing orders. And I know, and it's because he wants to get them back on. But like, the ball needs to move, and you can't have the one guy that's holding it <laughs> be a, not a, a non-threat on offense. So uh, other than that, I mean, defensively, he, he doesn't look that quick, but he's still direct, directing traffic. He's just so smart. So he's still better than most defenders there. I think they're really missing, quite honestly, they're really missing Andre Iguodala. And quite, I, I know, and I know the guy hasn't played at all this year, but James Wiseman would really make a big difference <laughs> in these, you know, he is like their big time, legitimate shot blocking threat who will actually deter people from entering the lane. Cause I think that's where they're really susceptible is if you're determined to get into the lane, you, you can against, against Golden State. Cause oh, they no got two Andre. guys who are amazing at it. You know, Jalen yeah. Brunson and Luka Doncic who had in that game their way with the lane. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know if Boston is, I don't know that they are, if they're going to play smart enough consistently to take advantage of that. That series is a spicy meatball. I'm really excited about it, assuming that it's them and, and it looks by all measures. And, and I don't want to pivot just yet into Heat yeah. Celtics because, you know, this Mavericks Warriors series for as lopsided as it got right off the bat, 3 yeah. 0. Um, and, and, and I, you know, giving out free plays here, I have the Warriors on, on in tonight's game, I feel like. A lot went right for Dallas and nothing went well for Golden State. And that's just not how it's going to play out at home in uh, Chase Center. But there's um, there's something to be said for this Dallas team in terms of just Luka's overall toughness. Um, you know, how many shots does that guy make in a game where you're like just sort of in awe that he took the shot as well as that it goes in so frequently? Um, it's... It's a pleasure to watch. Um, the The team itself has a lot of really good players like Reggie Bullock. Um, amazing that we were all getting his name wrong for <laughs> however long he's been in the NBA. And uh, I, I thought teams did a good job with the phonetics at, at the beginning of the year, but um, we've been getting his name wrong the entire time. Um, but he... And Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber and even like Dwight Powell to a lesser degree. Um, 
you know, these guys fly around the court. They play their roles. They they play this five out style. You know, Jason Kidd, like you mentioned, has done a great job coaching, which is a pretty significant turn of events for a guy that hasn't been great um, in the past. And they've put together this sort of Luca ball, but it's it's also just kind of like I don't know what the best three-point shooting team or the most prolific or the highest volume three-point shooting team has been in the past five years but because it feels like it's all of them but it's like they're just they're like okay well we can't really beat you straight up but we're gonna shoot a ton of threes and if we ever get hot you're gonna have your hands full and um so it's been fun to watch these guys uh and i just wanted to make sure that that they got their props um, as far as the Warriors go, real quick on that, I think though that the next step for them is they got to figure out another way. They got to figure out another way to win basketball games because mm-hmm. you you can't you can't. It, to me, I, it's been it's become so accepted that well, if you just don't hit threes, you lose. Like to me as a coach, that's crazy talk. That, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy that you as a coach with all these talented guys would allow one stat to determine your game. So they've got to figure out different sets where guys are, where maybe it's going to be Luca in the high post, where guys are going to be curling, where you're going to maybe move, have Luca and Brunson in the game with another ball handler, possibly where those guys can do, you know, off the ball, you know, curl things. But the idea that if you're going to play a team that is, disciplined on defense that's going to get out to shooters you know the, the idea that your only path to victory is how many threes you shoot i mean that's this, just to me that, that that to me is is, is stupid this, this, so they, they have to figure out another way they, they're not good enough defense necessarily to grind out games you know they're not that big i mean if you got to play maxi kleba that much and you need stops you're not you know that's a recipe for disaster so I, I, you know, they they've got to they got to take the next step, which is finding a different a, a different path to victory. It's funny. Uh, I'm I'm a big Maxi Kleber fan. I love his defense, but you're absolutely right. He can't be your five, like all right. game long. Not all <laughs> game long. There's there's doses of it. Yeah, of and, course. And he could be your four. That's that's fine. I'm good with that. You know, against a lot of teams, not all. Right. But. This it, it's funny, and I'm not going to go up too far off on a tangent with this because I feel like we could just talk about it all day. And I mean, the the low hanging fruit might be something like what James Worthy said that is probably pretty easy to dismantle. He thinks everybody's practicing threes, getting tattoos, and tweeting on social media was his three things. Apparently, this morning that he's getting yelled at about that. That's not where I'm going with it. I, I think like the the stuff like Kenny Smith said it about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And then Legler was sort of alluding to it as well. Is like, and I, I said it in the open is like, you don't know what teams are really thinking or attempting or like, they're not doing, they don't have this, this planning element where they, they yeah. go, okay, well, all right, threes aren't working. What else do we got? I was just visualizing as you were talking about what Luca could do. I was thinking of like what in the high post he could do in a Sabonis like offense where there's cutters cutting everywhere. Right. You yes. know, and then it's like, yes. okay, none of the five cutters hit. Now the defense is entirely scrambled. Nobody knows what's right. what. And now you can do your 50 dribbles and your step back. You know? Right. <laughs> or, or in the case of him, he can pivot until you fall off him and you can probably shoot a layup, you know, depending on how you played it. So I I think there's just this like, it's like cultural team to team, like who did the team and and maybe this is a good time. 
I, I really want to stay on the words. I'm not going to pivot to the heat yet, but like, it's like you dance with the one that you came with is this NBA logic that, that yeah. carries out everywhere. And, and it's like, okay, so we've played this way all year. We got to play this way, even though it's not working, we're going to do right. it over and over again. And we're not going to change until the elimination game, you know, when we're on our way out and maybe not <laughs> even then. And it's, so it's, that's frustrating because you're wanting to watch good basketball and when teams make adjustments and they kind of go tit for tat and they're throwing the counter punches, that's great ball um, in a series. Before we get off the Warriors, um, so Dre, I, I've gone back and forth. At one point in time, I thought he looked like he was in the best shape of his career. You're right, he has slowed down a little bit in the last, I don't know, three, four games. Um, th- his... Like, I mean, I feel like it's nothing new, but like, is this guy going to cost them a series possibly again? Um, it's, it's very possible. Um, it's possible. I don't think obviously not this series, but the whole idea of like, you know, and I, I think, uh, Van Gundy's done a good job when they tee up, you know, some of these low, lower, level players for saying one thing and then you have Draymond just cussing up a storm you know you know five minutes into the first quarter um have you seen anything like that by the way no he's on a he's kind of his own thing I mean not even like like Michael Jordan or you know whoever no one's been like this you know like Rasheed Wallace no one has ever been quite and it's 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 so like unprofessional and rude like when 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 we see the like when we see the nine for nine draymond uh green shooting day then like maybe he can demand perfection for from everyone else right like when he misses his, his when he takes his shots and they cling off the side of the backboard and don't even hit the rim steve kerr doesn't berate him like like the way he berate like refs are gonna make mistakes you know what i'm saying like and he thinks like just because like you know and then the, they'll show the replay and they'll be like oh well they missed the call yeah they're, they're gonna miss calls they're gonna miss calls that doesn't give you the right to just completely berate someone you know like that it's got it's, do, do you think he's a, getting a, a competitive issue. edge out of it sorry to step on you a competitive edge out of what like i i mean i just remember no, no I, I think i think i think he i think he picks up a foul he doesn't deserve every game because the rest don't like him <laughs> i don't think there's any edge yeah, I, to, to me, right 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 this craziness. is the central it's, gravity of it yeah, he, he's he's right that the refs are picking on him. He's right, and and he deserves to be picked on because he's a jerk. See, <laughs> you know, I feel like I see him get away with calls after the outbursts, right? So that it's like they reward him, but 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 that's not all the sometimes, time. Sometimes, sometimes, it's not. I mean, it's just not all the time. You know, I think maybe there are some refs that can be bullied, um, but it's not all the time. But I think in general, I think he he does more damage. They're just better they're good enough to overcome it the calls game is is so weird i mean i've experienced it in a couple different sports at low levels and and but with some people that had some experience professionally and you know like like being on top of an official has always felt like the game within the game and that if it wasn't working to some degree that people would stop doing it (laughs) 
or people are just so, you know, out of their mind crazy during these things that they do it anyway. And then they say that, that, that it's helping out to justify their bad behavior. I don't know. Um, there's this justification of, of Dre's behavior, too, by like NBA media, you know, that, that he's like outthinking the game. I mean, kind of I'm kind of doing a little little flavor of that right now. But it's it's definitely I think the most obvious thing is that it looks like it could cost them a series at some point. Like they're in a bad way, middle of the third quarter. He's got a tech yeah. and and he is going so much further than the next guy could have ever dreamt of going. <laughs> what kind of impact does that have on your team? Like, I know they've probably tuned it out to some degree, but I mean, you're like, you're our, our the key to our defense and, you know, a lot of our offense. Yeah. And you're out here yeah. putting me through that stress. Yeah, I think that they as a team, it doesn't affect them because I think he's, you know, he's just a loud guy. I mean, he's loud in practice. He's loud when he's giving guys praise. He's loud when he's telling them they're doing something wrong. So I think the idea of him going off on a on a on a ref is not something that staff and Clay or any of them even think twice about. But but when you, when you're talking about him actually being removed from a game, you know he is the key to their defense, especially with no Iguodala and Clay not Clay. You know he is so much of their offense. Um, it it's it could be a, a huge issue. It could be a huge issue. And so where it's gonna hit, that's probably gonna. This is like a prediction, I guess. Is like he gets a, he gets his like he almost like goes out of his way to get his first tech early, like right to just like put the officials on notice. Like okay, I'm gonna yell at you the rest of the game now because you're not right. gonna throw me out, and I want right. to do that sooner rather than later. So let's get this first one out of the way. I mean, yeah. am I? That's exactly how it looks. Um, but a lot, yeah. So then yeah. there's the the play that occurs where like after they slow it down, they can't not give everybody double text or something, you know. And they go to the go to the board to look at it, and they're like, oh, somebody there was pushing and shoving, and then both of you guys get texts. Right. And, and I think like at some level now that he's pushed so far, where they might have previously said we can't give this guy a tech, it's the NBA Finals, you know, we can't throw him out. I think they're going to be like, look, dude, we've given you so much rope it, yeah. like now you deserve it yeah and and yeah. so it, and and everybody, oh why are you doing all this what if stuff you know like well we saw it you know with the calves yeah and that was when i you know i'll that was to me that was a complete bs move by the nba but he opened the door <laughs> you know he, he opened the door like i i'm never gonna i'm never gonna fault a man for taking a swing when another man puts his his balls in your face okay that's not to me that is a completely naturally justified reaction okay that's a deal breaker like, that's, that is that is completely fine and let you know so uh, to me that was a complete bs thing by the uh, who the, the the nba really let the media drive that one so that's but you know it it could happen again like you said the amount of times that go over to the monitor he he gets that first one, but the second one, you're right. That could be something that he's not even like thinking that he's pushing the envelope on. But because they got to do something, there's obvious pushes. They can't just just uh, you know if he gets into a shoving match with you know uh, 
Al Horford or, or, or Bam Adebayo, they're not going to just tee up. <laughs> they're not going to go over to the monitor, look at it, see them both pushing, just tee up Bam Adebayo and not tee up him. Or they're not going to go to the monitor and not tee up anybody. That's not, that's not going to be an option either. So, yeah, it, it would behoove him to, to calm it down a bit. But I don't see that happening. <laughs> We're going to shift into Heat Celtics now. Um, but that, I mean, man, it's it's weird that that's the thing we're talking about heading into that series. And um, I guess real quick, I just want to give a quick shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Like some of the stuff oh, yeah. that he's put on on film in this series has been really strong. And uh, he's done an incredible job on Luca as well. Um, yes. So, uh as we dip out from Mavericks Warriors, they're, they're going to play tonight. We'll see if that um, is the end of the Mavericks in Boston. I mean, I tweeted out an article from Chris Haynes um, that was released this morning. Chris Haynes is one of the most plugged in guys in the NBA now. And he was able to determine that the Heat took a trip to, um, I'm getting the location wrong, I think the Bahamas or um, Cancun, um, one of the two, before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. And it was organized by Kyle Lowry. And as he wrote the story, you could actually kind of see how he told how he got the story, which was, you know, through a, a kind of a question here. And then Eric Spolstra, like it felt like old Spol- Spolstra didn't want to lie about it. You yeah. know, he just kind of said, OK, you got the intel. All right, I'll confirm it. And then yeah. he wouldn't confirm who was in charge of it. Then Haynes went to Jimmy and Bam and asked them. And they probably didn't feel like they had to hide it, but they didn't want to come out and say anything about it, you know? And then they, they, they said, no, it wasn't me. And then a league source said, Hey, you know, I heard you're kicking up questions about this. And then it was, it was Kyle that did it. And then, um, Spolstra said, yeah, it was Kyle that did it. And, um, was one of our most respected players that did it. So like they're not hiding from this thing, nor is it like I don't know. I haven't looked in a little bit, and nor is it a really huge story, right? But something's been a little bit odd with them ever since the on-court thing with Jimmy and Spo. Um, they seem to back out or bounce back from that really like it was nothing. Um, yeah, and then this. Kyle Lowry is the leader of the team and we're going to live and die with Kyle Lowry to me has been the kind of the predominant story of the last couple games because you got a guy in Gabe Vincent who I don't want to go over the moon, but he's been pretty damn good. And you need players that can do things on offense, like in the worst way with, with no Tyler hero. It's like I had bet on the heat prior to him being ruled out of the prior game, game five. Mm -hmm. The minute I heard Hero was out, I was just started like counting how much money I lost. You know, I I knew they didn't have the versatility in offense or the aggression on offense to to get anything done against that defense. Right, right, right. Um, So now, game six is here. I mean, Kyle Lowry and Max Struess. I mean, Struess has been just gutted in the media for his O for whatever last couple games. I actually don't really, I, I mean, I know he's missed a ton of shots and, you know, if that's happening, his value on the court goes way down. Um, but it's a tempo issue I see with this offense as almost always, like if, if the tempo's bad and, you know, the tempo's weird, you know, like shooters, they lose their rhythm and they stop making shots. So I'm not looking at Max Struess as the reason this thing's going south. 
I'm looking at like what is being done offensively. I see a ton of Bam out of bio running down and like, like free, you know, transition break, dribble, 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 and then he gets into the paint and you know does about five pivots into a, a fadeaway jumper. You know, <laughs> that what does he make that like thirty percent of the time? Yeah. I mean, yeah. are they just fatally flawed at this point? Uh, you know, I had the Celtics winning this series before all the injuries on both sides. You know, after the first game, I was like, oh, well, if, you know, if uh, Horford's not going to be there, I probably made a bad call or this and that. But overall, if, if both teams were healthy, I, I think that the Celtics are the better team. Um, and it was because the my even when they're healthy and full strength the my the Miami offense has these huge stalls from times and i didn't see that that would be a, a defensive team as good as the Celtics i just didn't see where they were going to be able to find the the buckets even though they're a good defensive team as well um so you know listen they're they're a great poster child for you know, when you're well coached and when everyone plays their role and when there's no ego, then you can go very, very far. And But at the end of the day, you need a couple of dudes that with no assistance can just get buckets. You know, like that that's what like those elite players can do. They When you have the four or five point lead with two minutes left, they bring you home when you're down 12 points and nobody's shooting well they keep you in the game until somebody else gets going and they just don't have like jimmy butler is at times that one guy but they need another one they just they just do like hero even when healthy can be affected you know even when he's a hundred percent. So he's not really, he could be that guy for little teeny stretches, but not like over playing 30 minutes or something like that. You know, Kyle Lowry is certainly not that guy anymore. Um, and you look down their roster. I mean, they just, they just don't have well, that guy. What's they're funny is to, Jimmy could be, Jimmy could be that guy. Theoretically. Theoretical, but he's still just, he's, he's one. I mean, he, he's such an, he, he, he's such. He reminds me of Chris Paul. Like, yeah, he, well, even more so, I think he's used so much defensively and on the um, and on the on the glass. I don't think like the other great players aren't usually exhausted that much at the, at the, at this age. You know, like Pippen covered the best perimeter player most of the time. Kobe didn't. I mean, Kobe when he was a lot younger, like during the Shaq years, he would have to. Uh, he would cover a lot of times the, the, the big time perimeter guy, but he was like 23, you know, like you, you don't see guys that are at, at Jimmy Butler's age having to go against an elite guy for 40 minutes and then be expected to come back and possibly give a 30 to 35 point output. It's just not really something that's conducive to championship ball. So they, they, they need help. I'm with you on it, but then when I'm like watching a game and and if I'm Spo, I'm and I'm in Game Six, I'm like I don't care if you run out of energy, man. You're our best shot. Like, oh yeah, I mean, like, yeah, oh, you sure, got to go sure. out there and, and it's not sustainable. You're right. Like you can't do it every night. Um, but that 
they lose their their focus offensively almost instantaneously and i and i kind of wonder like it's this isn't just the miami heat it's it's a lot of teams you you bring mm-hmm. in a kyle lowry you trade for him then you install him as a locker room leader and now you got to kind of go all in with your bets and you see this all over the league it's like we made this choice to play this guy and it, the backup is so much better or whatever the case may be but the agent's going to be pissed. The, the decision maker that made the choice to pull the trigger on the trade, sending the assets is going to be pissed because that makes them look bad. You know, and you get all in in the locker room. You know, what's Kyle Lowry going to say if you're just like, Kyle, you're not playing well. He is. It's not about you. It's about us winning. So you got to sit, man. You know, and wh- whether it's that or, or Bam playing this style of ball, that's like November regular season ball. And I think that's been the thing with the heat throughout the playoffs where I'm watching them. Like, is this a game in November, you know, <laughs> with what you guys are doing out here on offense? Um, so I'm, I, I, I took the heat in this game plus nine. <laughs> so um, it, like, I mean, odds makers think it's going to be a blowout. The, the totals two Oh one, which is kind of normal for a game six. It's going to be a bloodbath out there. Nobody's going to score slow paced nine really actually plays like 12 in a situation like that. Um, so that's how much they are not um, expected to win this game, but hero might get on the court and play. He might look at this is my last shot. You know, I'm going to get out there and just try. Yeah. Um, I look at that as like damn near mandatory to happen for the heat to have any sort of shot in this game um i i I wonder like they got deadman off the floor that was key Mm -hmm. um they ended up playing bam like 40 minutes i think in one game to do that we saw some pj tucker at center um deadman's dead on arrival um you know in terms of being on the floor for me I, i don't think that should happen but i mean like is there anything that they can fashion out there that gives them a puncher's chance to, to somehow get hot, maybe run aggressive offense. The, the defense can be there. Um, Boston has shown that they can get bad, not quick, not often, but they can get bad. Yeah. Is, is there any angle here for the Miami Heat to advance uh, to a game seven? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, they, they, they have to, they, there's, there's just so little room for error is the problem now. Um, I just don't see, you know, they're, they're just so reliant on everybody playing well to win game to win games against high level teams. You know, they just don't have the room for one or two guys <laughs> to be just slightly below par. And there's just too many answers defensively for the Celtics. I mean, like if Robert Williams is healthy, you just have, I mean, what do you do? You can't get by Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, you know, uh, Horford, Horford is one of the most un- underrated defenders of all. Tatum is the, the, the weak link maybe on their perimeter, and he's turned himself into a pretty damn good defender. Derek White. Derek White. I mean, De- no, Derek White. Peyton Derek Pritchard White plays, a, plays a little defense. Out there. He, he, well, he's not. He, he's not. He's not good at it. But he he fights right. Like that's the that's the thing. Like he fights and he's in the right position. So I just don't know where they. Where where is the weak link? Where do you? Where does an exhausted 
injured Jimmy Butler go to score when no one's shooting well? Grant Williams. <laughs> like, I, I we didn't say Grant Williams. Grant Williams. I mean, like, where, where's the where? How, where do you who do you switch on to to get an absolutely exhausted, injured Jimmy Butler looks against somebody who's not good when? nobody's shooting the ball when everybody's got a foot in the paint. I, I, I would, <laughs> just no I mean, I'm honestly like I was the, with the way Bam was playing defensively, by the way, like, because he lets the offense get into his head and the defense, then, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it just starts snowballing. It's, it happens to a lot of guys, but like, I would, I mean, if he's not, if he's bad on offense where he's not looking at the rim, can't make a shot anywhere, you know, and, and teams are just cheating off him. Like and then on defense he's got he doesn't have it. I would have a quick hook there. I'd go PJ at the five and really challenge them to to make a choice on Robert Williams. Like is he worth you know that and and try to just get as many offensive players on the floor as you can and hope that your wing defense on Jalen and and um, Jason Tatum can hold up because you have some you have you have Jimmy. You know, I think Vincent, even Kyle Lowry, you know, like mm-hmm. I think Kyle Lowry is probably going to be the best version of Kyle Lowry that we've seen because he's catching the heat. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then just hope that you can get those guys to just not beat you on everything. Like, you know, Jalen can get past you, score at all three levels, like make him a three point shooter and hope he gets cold. You know, with right. good challenges. Same thing with Jason Tatum. You know, make make him shoot over the top with good challenges, and then that's the beginning of hoping that the rest of them fall apart as well, yeah. and that nobody can cover Jimmy. And 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 you know, it's it's tough. I think when you start having to think like that, because you're like, you've taken your 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 you know center who's who's supposed to be the the center point of a lot of different things for your team and you're like oh well you're not good enough like we got to get you off the floor um so it's tough i don't see great angles but i do think that the celtics have enjoyed some pretty red hot shooting at at times i think that could come back and then when you look at whenever i see like the the stats on the backcourt is like they're eight for their last 60 or something between three guys I, I just know from years of experience that the re, the response to that is that they go on a heater. Yeah. And and so I th- kind of think that's why I took the heat in this game that they they kind of w- they lose by like 5 in this one. Um Sure. But I don't feel like if you said you got to take the heat straight up. <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. So let's do this. Let's advance let's advance Boston to the finals. And let's talk for about five, ten minutes on what this looks like. Warriors and Celtics. You know, we won't do another show until Thursday, which would be the start of the NBA Finals. I want to say they'll have a game under their belt. So let's preview it right now. And I mean, I'm extremely excited about what that kind of defense can do to a Golden State offense that they don't have KD, but I mean... You add a, a good Jordan Poole to that mix with Andrew Wiggins playing the way that he's played, like I can build at least some sort of argument that they are as good as that KD-driven offense, or, or at least in the same ballpark. So this is a really good offense. But this might be one of the better defenses that we've ever seen in Boston. 
I don't know. Yeah. How much am I overstating that? I mean, they're they're really good in this, you know, um, modern way of playing basketball. Their their bigs can can switch out. You know, everyone likes to do that. So you know, Horford and Williams can switch out. Williams is a hell of a, a shot blocker. He's a guy that could be defending. You know, you know, out on the perimeter, and he gets back down to deter a shot. You dribble back out. He goes back out to the perimeter to find his man. Like he's just an amazing guy to just like watch defensively, like ignore the ball and just watch him move and stuff. He's pretty fun to watch if you're a defense junkie. Um, so they they are built like if you were gonna say give me a team that I want to defend this Golden State team, I would pick I would pick them. I think that like you know what's going on with Wiggins right now, you know this was the I think the dream right when they brought him in is like there's this uber talented guy one of the best pure athletes in the league, you know and he just doesn't have the the personality of a number one guy he's not an alpha i was telling someone the other day i think if if andrew wiggins was was six four he'd be doing something he'd be you know the director of you know some children's youth program or an accountant or something like that you know he's just he he's he's just simply because he's a freak (laughs) he's in he's in the nba right so he's in this situation where like he could play bad and like no one's gonna care they're gonna talk about step shooting and his clay back and what draymond who draymond yelled at and this and that so it's really the perfect situation for a guy that talented and with his personality and i I just think like him getting this taste like what he's doing to luca which it's really you don't i mean you look at the end stats and you're like yeah luca's having a phenomenal series but he's playing amazing defense on him he's he's being smart on offense he's aggressive when he needs to be he's taking his time with his jumper and so i i don't i think that's gonna continue to get better and i think that he's gonna be the biggest problem because you still have to chase around steph and people are gonna make stupid mistakes on steph but Wiggins is the guy who's going to end up a little too one-on-one. I mean, he's getting a lot of looks over this playoffs, really being aggressive in the post, really being aggressive um, offensive rebounds. Um, he's just – he is not allowing – Wiggins has not allowed one small player to guard him. <laughs> he's, he's not, he is not going for that at all this playoff. If there is a little guy on him and his mouse in the house, he's immediately going to the rim. And I don't see that not continuing – so I think th- this is going to be a very, very good series with a lot of very close games. But in the end, I think that he's just way too talented to be the, like, fourth or fifth option. <laughs> uh, how do we you know? feel about dribble penetration with Steph and Jordan Poole? Because to me, I'm, I'm just trying to game this out in my mind. Like, if those two guys can beat their counterparts. I don't think they're going to beat Derek White, but I kind of think if they're allowed to clutch and grab that 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 Boston can survive, like Marcus Smart can survive, but then like if it's not that, you know, if it's if it's anything close to normal rules, that like those two guys are going to be able to beat Marcus Smart and they're going to be able to beat Tatum and and Brown. 
and then that becomes a little less daunting for the overall equation you know what they got to try to accomplish if they can't beat those guys then i I, then i really love this series i think that it becomes a just a a a knockdown drag out series that you don't know who's going to win at any given night yeah, I think they're going to let them clutch, clutch and grab. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I don't. I think that they've been. I think that's been a pretty big staple of the the finals over the past few years. Has been <laughs> how the refs have put the whistles in the pockets. So I, I don't. I, I don't imagine that to change. Um, I think that Pool. I think has really. I, I'm like probably one of the only people on the planet that feel that he's had a pretty poor playoffs overall. As Defensively, far as de- he's been terrible. But, I mean, and, but offensively, I think his decision-making has been... He's guessing. He's he's guessing. He's pre-deciding that he's going to do something, not really reading what the defense is, not taking what they're giving him. Um, but then getting buckets think, off of it, so that kind of makes it... That jumbles it up and makes it confusing, I think. I think, but when you when you're going against the length and the 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 defensive discipline, I mean, he's going to be driving into you know corners, driving down to the baseline, getting stuck under the rim, and it's not. I think that they're gonna he's gonna have to be sparingly. I don't really like him with um, like the bench unit where you have like a bunch of guys. And it's just him as the where he gets to go. I, I think you want to limit that in this series. I think you want to always have him out there with um, with Steph or Clay. Um, I, th- I think they're going to have to up their minutes, uh, both Steph and Clay. I think that um, you don't want anything to do with Toscano Anderson. I think that and I was I wondering know. about him because there's no Gary Payton. And we look across I, yeah. the, the the way, and you go, "What are you going to do with Jalen Brown? What are you going to do with Jason Tatum?" So Wiggins, obviously, okay, that's yeah. half the equation. Half the equation. I, I think that those two are going to get off. I think those two are going to. I think those two are going to get off. Um, that's why I think it's going to be a good series. Uh, I think that those two. I don't know that if if they're playing if they're playing smart, and they are being aggressive in the lane. I think that this. I, I think that that's why where I think that this is going to be a good series. Mm-hmm. I think that you know Horford, you know, can really kind of occupy Draymond. He's not. He's not like he, he's. He's been really good about picking and choosing when to be aggressive, right? Like he's. He's not. I think for years and years, these last like four years, we've just kind of sometimes he just. It's very easy for him to just end up floating around the perimeter. And just checking up threes, but that's really he's not really doing that. He's really picking and choosing. So I think there's a lot of avenues. This, this is certainly a series where the Warriors got to be on their p's and q's. Well, there's it, no there's no throwaway quarters. There's a, if they throw if they listen all those games that they beat Memphis in where they didn't play well, they're going to lose to Boston. Oh that's, God, that's yeah. A fact. And, gonna, that's a fact. They are going to lose, and they might get. They might lose bad to Boston well, if they if they have games. Yeah, like. I mean, I, 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 and man, if you told me if, if Gary Payton was in this series, I probably would just throw the money on the Warriors and not look. You know, probably sure. not look back because sure. you could then legitimately. I think you could cover either of those guys and almost zero them out. Not zero them, obviously, but like you know, to the the lowest possible extent. If they, if he got the assignment on one of those two guys. 
Well, you, know, you don't. You don't have to double, you, and you're making them no. take long jumpers and, and challenge jumpers at that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see like some serious bad numbers out of one of them, or both, because of those two defenders right there. But now he's not there, and now you're like, okay, well, Otto Porter's like maybe my next way I go here to to try to. And what Porter would do is he would not be able to cover either of them for long stretches, but he would not get just you know like abused in the way that Jonathan Kaminga might get abused because he's just 19 years old and you know like seeing him in some of these minutes some of it's really good but then you're like oh man that's a backbreaker like yeah it's yeah. it's just the kind of thing that now I don't trust you so it just takes the entire defense and turns it on its head right because of it next year's Kaminga will be way more equipped to handle this series. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, still, he's built to. He's he can move his feet, and he's built to to cover give those, both of those guys problems. But they're just way too savvy. And he's way too green right now. So if uh, those two get off, as you said, I, I just look at that and I go, "All right, now you're now you're starting to cook with gas." And and also Dre has like three. I mean, maybe it's the, the 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 wings are too small. He'll bully them if he's aggressive. If you know he catches one of those guys on a switch, he and and decides to put his shoulder down and get to the rim. I think he can get there. Whether or not that's a good strategy or not is is kind of debatable. But like Al Horford can cover him. Robert Williams oh, yeah. can cover him. Talking Dre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so you can't really run your offense through Dre. Except for the, the, the way that you described earlier, that's not great, where he's standing out up high, not looking at the rim, you know, defenders basically sagging off and, and able to do other things, and it gets really predictable what's going on on the outside. That's a little bit of a recipe for disaster. If the, if the guards can't get that penetration, you know, due to the clutching and grabbing, what, where, where does that go? You know, what does it look like in a Golden State is struggling scenario? against Boston and, and, and how would they at that point get, get their way out of that? They, you know, it's, it's to me, it's, it's just, it's with their ball movement, but they get impatient. They heat check. This is going to, I mean, this is, this is going to be, it's one of those things where this could be, I think it's, I think it'll probably go. Cause where are we at? Where are we starting out at? It would be, the Golden State has the home court, I believe. Is this Rocky versus Clubber Lang? <laughs> Clubber Lang's yeah, come in I and mean, like it, work his ass off and just punch these guys in the mouth, and and they they got nothing. It, it could be. I, I think that there. You know, <laughs> I, I think that you know, stuff is stuff is stuff. He he is going to he'll find a way to get going, but he really has to, he'll have some moments. I, I would say so what I would rather them have as I would rather them instead of like pool being the guy with the second unit, I would much rather it be Steph. Yeah. I, I think that no, I, that's, just a flat out. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that, that's where, that's where I think, that's where I think there's a change that could happen. I, I, I think forcing, Forcing you to leave. I mean, I, I expect Brown and I expect Brown and Tatum to play. You know, forty-three minutes a game, right? Forty-three, forty-four. Like I, I, I completely. But but forcing maybe Marcus Smart to play more minutes than they want is going to be a big deal. 
But then again, I don't know that when you're when you're running their offense the way when Steph moves around, Derek White might be a little bit better getting through those screens anyway. So, well, well there is the really, mar- how many gonna, Marcus Smart's going to draw like however many offensive fouls in this series. So he's always going to have that going for him. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think that. So this is where working refs. I kind of feel the opposite. I think that Marcus Smart's going to cost them a game. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's I, definitely a possibility. I, I, I think he's going to cost them a game. I think he's going to flop one too many times and pick up two unnecessary ones. You know, especially at, at, in Golden State, especially when they're desperate, because that's when refs smell them out more, right? Like it's if if everything when when the road team is about to get they're down fourteen and the other team's rolling and then all of a sudden some guy's cocking his head back like he just got shot when someone touched him on the waist those are way easier to sniff out so there's a so so he's gonna have to be a little more disciplined you know especially on the road in Boston yeah go for it flop your flop until you can't flop no more but I think that in Golden State he's gonna have to be careful. Because they need him offensively. Yeah, they do. Because the Warriors, while we've talked about how these these wings are going to get off, they also are not that far away from being able to defend them. You know, right. so it's a, it's a very thin razor edge line there. And 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 we've sort of kind of honed in on like, can Marcus Smart clutch and grab? Can he get around the screens? And then you you look and you go, okay, he and Robert Williams are not healthy. So, like, what happens if these guys deteriorate throughout the series? Um, by the way, I think uh, Jason Tatum, you know, his shoulder injury has been pretty apparent that it's affecting him. And then Stephen A. was all over Jalen Brown the other day saying he wasn't injured. And I was like, no, I actually remember him grabbing his hamstring, um, you know, six games ago, seven games ago. And thinking, yeah, when you're grabbing it like that, that's not great. Like, you know, right. you're, you might be surviving, but you're, you know, on the razor's edge of possibly re-injuring that thing. So everybody's injured at this time of year, but they seem to have at least a few more apparent injuries than Golden State. And um, I'm playing this out in my head and I'm going, okay, Robert Williams might not be. I mean, of course, they want him in this series because then you can take away some of Steph's to the rim stuff. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that they're worried about too many other players driving to the extent that you're like, you got to have Robert Williams in this series. Um and then um, Kevin Looney, I think, can take on some of the vertical stuff with Robert Williams and, and, and be a decent match for Robert Williams. Um, so I feel like Robert Williams maybe isn't the key pivotal player in this series, though if he goes down, then you're looking at Al Horford at center and Grant Williams is maxed out at power forward. Now, by the way, I think Grant Williams might be kind of the closest Draymond Green body type. He's a little light, but... He's a little light, but he really knows how to use that center of gravity, so I think that... I, I think, you know, a, a key is going to be the amount of... the amount of the, who's, Which team is going to not switch as much. Like, like, Wiggins did a really... The Warriors did a really good job especially in those early games of making sure that Wiggins stayed when he was on Luca, that they were, that they had made it. It was a clear, it was clear that he was going to get through screens, get over the top. And they were going to hedge, do whatever to keep him on there. Right. And I think that's going to be the key for both these teams. You know, when, when Grant Williams is in, 
I want him on Draymond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want them to just do some random screen and roll, you know, and have Steph out, you know, Steph, you know, dancing with, with Williams and, and Draymond posting up on, you know, Derek White. So <laughs> but I think that that's going to be a big key uh, to, to both of these teams' success, getting the defensive matchups that they want. And, and, and yeah, I totally agree. And, what happens with Boston if they have those injury issues was kind of what I was getting at. Like, oh, they then like behind uh-huh. Grant Williams, it gets thin real quick. Like Nesmith has been called into action and it's been a total mixed bag there. He'll have like a block, like airball a shot and then like lose this guy on defense. And, you know, you see some potential there, of course, but like he hasn't been really up to the call and and they haven't really played anybody else behind those guys. Um, yeah, I mean you're I you're know. really getting forced into some bad minutes there. I mean I like I mean against the Warriors if you're gonna you know I don't know if that, I mean, assuming they're gonna start uh, Looney and sometimes he comes back sometimes he does but if Looney comes back I mean I think those are good minutes for Dice. You know I I I wouldn't I wouldn't considering Williams and how much Williams is health and how much you're going to need Horford. If I see, if, if I see Kevon Looney go back to the store scorers table, that, that's, that's dice minutes. You know, that's, that's a, to me, that's a no brainer. Like they, they're going to have to figure out ways to suck. I mean, he can hit his nice little, he's got a nice little 16 footer. He's not like useless out there. You just, but again, they, they have to stay disciplined. He can't be switching out on the Stefan pool or Wiggins. I mean, they just, both teams are really going to have to be really tight in their decisions. This is not, these are two high level, high level, high level, high level teams that are going to take advantage of every little crack. (laughs) This is, this is maybe the most, this, this series will be the, the, the series of the defensive thinker, like the, the smartest defensive team in this series is the one that I think is going to carry the day. I don't know which one that is. Like, sometimes I think it's Golden State. I'd say the body of work might suggest that it's Boston. Yes. The body of work definitely suggests that it's Boston, but I think that it, I'd feel they, they have, Yeah, like it, the, the Peyton thing, oh, God. Th- that, that would almost be a no-brainer. I would almost say it's a... a, well, a really, and I don't know I, that I'm he's ruled out for the series. And we haven't heard anything on him in a while. Um <laughs> I don't know. The timetable is kind of like right around now. I'm just getting the most recent thing on Peyton right now since we're ultra focused on him. He is um, evaluated in a, in a week based on uh, May 20 info. So, like, I mean, that tells me there's a shot. And, there's you know, a shot. I mean, a fractured left elbow. God, that sounds like terrible to come back from. That, um, I mean, man, you. It's, I, is he a lefty I, or is he a righty? I can't remember. I feel like he's a lefty. I can't remember, but I could just as a a high end defender is going to be affected by that injury. Yeah, yeah, like that's he, a tough he, one. He's, he's you're moving. You when you're that good a defender, you're using everything all the time, and he's just going to have a little bit off his fastball. He still can be. You know, he's as he, no matter what. If he could play, he's as good a defender as you know, Stephen Poole. But you know, oh, it's yeah. just you know. So it's not like it's not like he goes to a zero because he's not as good. 
but it's not it's not going to be the same. And honestly, if you took if you asked me what who the best defender, pure defender, reputation aside, and you know DPOY aside, I might say it's Gary Payton. It is. I, I don't think that's even a. Is it even I close? Think, I mean, because I kind of didn't want to get over my skis with that, but like. Yeah, I think the only the only other dude you're really thinking about is, uh, you know, is is a is Drew Holiday. Just because I think he's so much he's so much bigger and stronger, and he can cover more guys. I've but, never seen a player take up that distance more aggressively than Gary Payton. Yeah, no, he's to me he's the best. I, I don't. I mean, to me, if I had you, you pick the you pick the perimeter guy. I don't know. I, <laughs> they I, gave I just, him Gary Payton's like mind and skills, and then like an upgrade in physicality. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's such a freak. I mean he he he's yeah. To me he's the he's the best perimeter defender. So um, so let's circle yeah. around here some key things. We're gonna take three seconds to talk the Suns um, before we get out of here. Like it sounds like the keys to this series are really like what happens at the guard slot with Marcus Smart, um, the health of of Boston. Do they have to crack into any of that depth? Does does like. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Sauce Castillo got to play. I mean, I'm looking at the, the depth chart and I'm like, they're, the names of guys that haven't played, you know, there's a reason why they have not played. It sure. is really <laughs> obvious why they have not played. So the depth is a big issue for Boston. And then on the Golden State side, are they running good offense? And then I guess, what are, what are, they, what are they doing with that Otto Porter slot? I... Yeah, the, Steve Kerr is, I think, one thing that he's going to do, and I think that's part of why I would have left those kids out there, is he's going to have to call on Damian Lee and Moody. Mm-hmm. I was just looking he, at he's, their he's, names. He's, 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 he, those guys have to play, and they might have to play significantly because another thing that you have to also account for with, with Brown and Tatum is the dumb clay and the dumb Steph foul, and it's specifically Steph. <laughs> the, 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 the the reach in for no reason at a really awful time that might send him to the bench, you know, with three fouls, you know, with six minutes left in the half, like that that could can that is likely to happen in one of these games, and, and those gonna- guys. They're going to have to not be afraid to shoot is the other thing, because they're going to very likely be on the floor with like a Kevin Looney, Draymond Green, you know, like if Jordan Poole has taken five shots and they've been bad, like he can clam up in a, in a big game series situation. Andrew Wiggins has been known for clamming up like this. You say steps on the bench, you know, man, that gets Clay Thompson as good as he is like producing on the ball is probably not, you know, something you want that much of. Right, right. Not so, against this team. No, no, exactly. <laughs> like that's that's something yeah. we really haven't covered is that, like, Wiggins can't get off against those wings. Clay can't get off against those wings. Like, that's a significant portion of your offense. If Draymond Green can be covered by Al Horford very well, you know, like, you, you've taken three main cogs for Golden State, and, and you're really saying, hey, Steph, you have to be able to get past the clutching and, and the grabbing. Jordan Poole, yeah. you have to be a big time producer in this series. 
then you shift and you go to these what ifs and you go, man, Damian Lee has shrunk in some of these moments. Moses Moody, I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but it ain't that old. He's you like know. 16. He's 16? Six, they let him in the league? And a, six, 16 and a half next week. <laughs> so so Jonathan Kaminga is his big brother. Cool. Yes, and, yes. and showing him the ropes. And as much as I like Moody, I mean, man, they did good. You know, in the, in that draft to uh, get players that are that are looking pretty good for the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, I mean, you might even be looking at man. I gotta have Manja B elites on the floor because he's a competent offensive player. And I swear that dude looks like he's like I'm. I'm I've mailed these playoffs in. Like I, you know, I I don't yeah. care. It's kind of the vibe I've gotten from him when he gets his minutes. Whenever you know, um, and he's also you should target him every single time you're on the floor. If he is on the floor, I mean, that would be the only strategy you should have. And like, they've got, I think every player on the floor could get by him, you know? So if he's on the floor, that's dangerous for golden state. That's why I was looking at Juan Toscano and thinking he's going to have to play. Andre Iguodala, could he play? Yeah. Well, yeah. See, yeah. Andre, that would make a help a lot of things out. Um, it's even be, if you know he's not going to shoot, even if you know he's not going to, you know, yeah. be Andre Iguodala, he would stand in the right places and, you know, provide some level shoot. of resistance. But he is going to shoot, though. We we know that when 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 the moment is big, and the ball moves, if the if the offense dictates that he shoots the ball, he will shoot the ball, you know, um, and that's he's going to shoot like twenty percent. Yeah, but the but the one or two that go in might be with you know. I, I, I would play Andre Iguodala. <laughs> if, if I don't know if he can play, right? But I, if, I, if he was playable, I, I would have him oh, in. You have to. You yeah. have to because I think you have to. The, against these wings. Because like, I mean, it looks pretty bleak when you start putting up the good Boston scenario next to the bad Golden State scenario, and you're like, this could get ugly, you know. Um, but if you can take the wings out for Boston, then it's <laughs> like, man, I can see Golden State just steamroll. So a very razor's edge series. I could see it going back and forth. All right, let's go quickly into Phoenix. Unless you got anything else you want to add with are Golden not, State, are we, not, are we going to pick next week? Um, some more time to see who's healthy and whatnot. Yeah, let's do that. We might be a game we, in though. I, I don't know when the NBA finals start. I think the schedule says that the game sevens. So Saturday would be a game six if necessary. Game seven would be Sunday. Monday would be game seven. So the NBA finals wouldn't start until Wednesday at the soonest if there was a game seven in Golden State Dallas. But that's not going to be the case. And I think there's going to be. I think you probably look at it a Tuesday series start. Let's make them now. Okay. And then we can revise. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go Golden State in seven. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. I'm gonna go Golden State in seven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I think that they, they, they're gonna go. This is the last raw. I think that th- they. I think that the Wiggins factor, offensively, I think is gonna put them over the top. And I think that one of the big things is that I don't see a lot of room for um for Peyton Pritchard to play in this series. Mm. And I think that they desperately need his offense at times to relieve some stress on Tatum and um Brown. 
and I think that uh, I think that Steph and Clay are going to rise, and I think I think that Steph is going to have. I think that Steph is is going to win one game by himself. I think that he, he's going to have a signature. I mean, there's been so much crap about him not, you know, showing up in these series. Is, and, you know, I think that he is going to have one signature game that he wins in Boston that's going to be the one to put them in the position to bring it back to, to finish in seven. So I'm going to go Warriors in seven. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, and I think I'll go seven with the Warriors as well. Um, but honestly, I only say that because I think it's is, I think it's a close series, but I, I do think that it could wobble. Like I think that we might look at this and it, it ended in five or six either direction. It could. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's. I mean, you do to some degree have to take into the the the, the account that these guys have been there. You know, they've been down in series. They've, yeah. you know, they've experienced a ton. And and over in Boston, you got a, a young coach, rookie coach, right? Um, yeah. Rookie coach, though. It doesn't very look like a rookie. rookie coach, but yeah. Yeah, and not coaching like one. a rookie. Um, no. <laughs> he's coaching like an old grizzled vet. He's like, Robert yeah, he's... Williams, I don't care if your knee isn't working. Get out there and play 30 minutes all regular season. It's been fun to watch, I guess, from, you know, the, the old school perspective. Um, but... You know, all those guys haven't been there before, and uh, that's going to be tough. I, 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 and at the same time, man, I remember when, when, even when it was the Isaiah Thomas Boston Celtics, yeah. I always took Boston in those regular season games because there's just something about the wings of Boston being able to yeah. contain a lot of what Golden State does. Yep. And and it turning out well for them, even with yep. a defensive liability like Isaiah Thomas, he would actually defend Steph pretty well. That Derek White yeah. factor is huge, man. I, I I could talk myself into Boston really easily. You, oh yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> I'm 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 really. Uh, this is a this is a tough one. This is a tough one. If you again, like it, it it's so razor thin. Like if you if you tell me Gary Payton is going to be Gary Payton, I'm 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 locking this oh, up. I'm not even thinking twice about it. I would if you Gary Payton is going to play. I revised my pick to Warriors in like maybe five. Maybe. I, I, I would be. Yeah, I would think five. I would be stuck between five and six. Right. Right. That's crazy, He's, by the way. Yeah. That yeah. Gary Payton <laughs> and, and Dylan Brooks. <laughs> the Dylan Brooks's impact on the league is indelible. I mean, it's just <laughs> leave it to Dylan Brooks to do that. All right, let's quickly talk um, Suns, and then we'll get out of here. We don't need to talk about anybody else after that. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the who could have been's, the who didn't make it's, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, of the league, the James Harden's that, of the league. Do you heard that Harden only, uh, he did a, uh, you know, he's been taking the, uh, the, the last two years off. Oh, he has. For, hey. so, for offensively, but he forgot that he's already taken the last career off defensively. <laughs> I love the reports coming out of Brooklyn that like they're under no circumstance going to give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal. And Kevin Durant hasn't talked with anybody during the yes. offseason. The, the, the carnage in certain areas of the league has been outstanding. Yes, it has. The uh, carnage in Phoenix can't be under undersold, oh though, because oh boy, they, that to me, I think we're going to hear stories about like how bad it was. Some somehow, some way inside the building. I mean, it's a Robert Sarver owned team. So that that immediately you gotta 
this came yep. together very fortuitously you know and and uh, yeah you got the monty williams and the james jones and that kind of lends credibility to it all and chris paul lends credibility to it all but you know isn't devin booker dating a kardashian isn't there 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 yeah, maybe maybe i don't follow that stuff as much he, he seems like the type <laughs> and he's always sounded so reasonable and that's made it even weirder for me you know i'm like didn't you date a kardashian <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't you know about what that does to NBA players? <laughs> Football, anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, is there a been a survivor story for has dated a Kardashian? <laughs> Man, you got your career. You're a singer. You're gonna start killing people at festivals if you're, uh, you know. Did you <laughs> I saw Pete Davidson open for like this Hall of Fame thing on Netflix. Where it's like uh-huh. the, the comedy hall of fame. He bombed. He was terrible. <laughs> they were inducting um, uh, George Carlin, Richard yeah, yeah. Pryor. Oh, jeez. Um, who else was it? Uh, uh, Joan Rivers. And the third one was, I can't remember. It was a big name, huge name that I'm just forgetting right now. Yeah. And he just bombed. It was like, why did that have to happen at the beginning of such an important inaugural hall of fame? Of the greats, you bring out Pete Davidson and he does a bunch of masturbation jokes that don't hit. And like, that's what happens when you date a Kardashian. So anyway, with the Phoenix Suns, as we went off on a little tangent there, like, man, Chris Paul. Oh, boy. That was, (laughs) talk about sealing your legacy. (laughs) Good grief. I mean, like, I I mean, that was, that was... (laughs) It was like fake, right? When you were watching it, I couldn't it believe was, it. I was, you know, you're almost like, dude, like I'm, I'm like looking closely because I had just watched like the Netflix had a thing on uh, the Arizona State basketball point shaving scandal, and I'm like trying to <laughs> watch, trying to like, figure what it out. Are, what are they doing over there? Like, what the heck is going on? Like, do, 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 are they not allowed to shoot? Is this a new offense that Monty Williams put in? Like, like the old like four corner offenses that they had. Like, ten was, passes like, before he shoot the ball. Yeah, there was when there when there was no shot clock and like <laughs> they didn't play. They didn't play Aiden. In the, in the, yes. like, like, and we were always like, the key to the series is DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> oh, because none of them, was... I mean, like, the, none of those guys are supposed to fold like that. No, none of them, no. like, Mikhail Bridges, like, he doesn't fold, like, that's not what no. he does. Oh, Cam Johnson, was... when was the last time you saw him fold? You oh, know, my he folded. God. It was, yeah, there and was it, just no. And it was never like, I mean, I can't even think, like, you're watching the thing, you're like, have they scored in two straight possessions in this game? <laughs> like, it was so And you had the bad. perfect villain on the other side was Luca. Luca's oh, like, yeah. looking up and he's seeing 50 down, or they're down 50. He's like, I got to get 60, man. <laughs> oh, dude. It was so bad. And I love, like, the announcers are like, you know, if they could just get this down to 30. They get this down to first. Yeah, get this. You got to get this back within 10. If they could get just back down to 20 at half, if we can get it to 30, <laughs> they, got, they have the puncher's chance. Like, no, they don't. I actually, I was watching that with my wife, who does not care about this one bit. And, and, yeah. and I was like, you got to understand, babe, like, We've never seen anything like this before. 
<laughs> it's like 50-point oh. game. Like, what does that even mean? I'm like, you got to understand, we have not seen anything like this. Uh, I don't. I, I would love to, like, at some point in time, maybe during the offseason, you know, probably after whatever news breaks with the explanation of what's going on in the background <laughs> that caused yeah. that. I mean, they're kind of like, oh, Chris Paul's maybe hurt, but that doesn't add up. They just... No. He's not worth 50 points, guys. <laughs> no. And and there's something about, like, the style that he plays, specifically his style, where he's like, I'm going to let all this bad happen, even though I could stop it by doing something good. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that good thing. I'm just going to let Jay Crowder run the offense or something. You know? I don't know. That was like, honestly, I felt like Jay Crowder was the only one that, that got the memo that there was a basketball game and here like, i am kicking on him <laughs> he's well yeah because he he had a bunch of these like random possessions where he ran down the court and did some terrible shot but i think he was like is anybody gonna do anything <laughs> i think he was like he's looking over at he's looking over at booker being like okay this is like a young stud who scores out of his mind he doesn't have anything to do with it DeAndre Ayton's on the bench for some stupid reason. <laughs> Chris Paul, I don't know. I don't know. Chris Paul's picking daisies. He's like the kid in the soccer game that's <laughs> sitting cross-legged picking daisies in the grass. And he's like, dude, somebody's going to do something. It's like he had these horrible possessions where he's like dribbling around and chucking up shots five feet behind the line. And he's just like, somebody help me. He was like, big In Phoenix. <laughs> in Phoenix. <laughs> in Phoenix. Hello, this is not in Golden State. This is not in like, you know, you think of like those loud, like, the, you know, when the, you know, Weber and them were going nuts in Sacramento, how loud it was. Like, this is at a home, bro. This is at a home. They were di- those fans were, I mean, the, their faces, the, that was what happens when people get really, really drunk and then have nothing to celebrate. <laughs> they, they were just like, they were just like about, by like the third quarter, they looked like they were all about to take a nap because they're just like, I've drank a lot of alcohol and I have nothing to, I can't get it out. I, I you, can't you really spend <laughs> five grand on your courtside seats. <laughs> there was a lot going on there. If you're oh, into man. painful situations, like, oh boy. You know, or where the most painful possible thing could happen. That that was that was a, a game was for you. Sad. All right, so we're gonna get out of here. Um, we'll we'll have another show. It'll probably be after game one has started. We might have to revise some things, but that's all good. Um, if you want highly detailed picks, go get a wager pass, and you know we'll break it all down uh, on a game by game basis. But uh, cause it's been fun. It has been fun. We're Let, back. Let's let's try to do this on next this upcoming Thursday. Um, Sold. There we go. All right, guys, um, you can follow us online at Twitter, twitter.com slash KOZANDBRE show, where we haven't tweeted in about 100, not even 100, 1300 days. Yes. And uh, on Facebook, where Cos might post something every once in a while, facebook.com slash KOZANDBRE show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.